Welcome to Risk Roundup. While living beings have always been exposed to natural electromagnetic fields, the growing sources and applications of man-made electromagnetic waves and particles and its biologically active electric and magnetic fields are creating more questions than answers. This is especially complex when all living beings are electromagnetic and every thought and emotion is a measurable frequency as well. Since all of our bodily systems are regulated by EMF signals, it is important to understand and evaluate how the biologically active man-made electric and magnetic fields impact humans and other non-human biological species at cellular levels. To discuss the man-made electromagnetic fields and health risks, I'm honored to welcome former Dean Dr. Nicholas Alexopoulos to Risk Roundup. I'm Emeritus Professor Dr. Nicholas Alexopoulos from Broadcom Foundation based in United States, is a member of the New York Academy of Sciences and a highly cited author in computer science. He is the author of more than 270 professional journal and conference papers, has served on many editorial boards of professional journals and has been the editor-in-chief of Electromagnetics. In 1985, he was elected fellow of the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers and has received the prestigious IE Scaleford Best Journal Publication Award twice. Welcome, Professor Erzopoulos. I'm so very honored to have you on Risk Roundup. Thank you very much. Wonderful. So while it is not disputed that electromagnetic fields above certain levels can trigger biological effects, the current debate, it seems, is centered on whether long-term low-level exposure can evoke biological responses that may or may not have not only health, but also evolutionary implications. Now, over the years, the most important criteria about whether any particular radio frequency radiation is dangerous was based on whether it falls into the category of ionizing or non-ionizing radiation. Is that criteria still valid today, especially when we evaluate the low-level exposure of man-made electromagnetic fields? I believe that it's still valid. Uh, you know, there may be still other questions. And you mentioned earlier the word polarizing effects, you know, on the human molecules and so on. Of course, all of this depends on the intensity of the electromagnetic radiation, the frequency, and as far as we know, from at least the articles I have read, um, the skin effect, meaning the human skin, is blocking most of this energy from entering the human body. And uh, of course, the question is for how long are you exposed to this radiation, okay? So if you're talking about, let's say, wireless communications, um, and you're talking about the cell phone in contact with your skin, let's say, your ear and so on. Uh, the question is how long are you using it, okay? If it's intermittent, which is usually naturally the case, I don't think there's an effect. Uh, the, I have not made myself a formal study, I just read other people's work, and I honestly have to rely on the uh, thorough tests by the federal government, the FDA and the FCC. Now, that does not mean that we should not have funded research at some universities with expert faculty and or some uh, research centers. 
So I would love to see more research on this. And I mentioned one article earlier, which is you know two years old, but this professor has spent many, many years uh, on uh, wireless communications and especially the effect of electromagnetic waves on the human body. So at this point, I'm not going to be alarmed, but you know, I can argue that there are many other reasons to worry about our health uh, that we are exposed to uh, on a daily basis. Uh, and yes, we need to be concerned about using cell phones, etc. But so far, we don't have any evidence that that use those waves cause serious health problems. Yes, like uh, like you said that you know we are still relying on the studies that have been done by the governments and uh, by some institutions. So there is. It's always good to have more stu structured studies on different aspects of this radiation because we are talking about the as we go forward with the digital global age and with the uh, you know rollout of 5G all across nations and uh, we try to integrate uh, cyberspace with aquaspace geospace space and our initiatives and our projects you know further takes us the technology transformation further takes us towards more deployment of electromagnetic spectrum and who knows tomorrow we can have a electromagnetic warfare so it is good to understand what could happen so that we can be very cautious about where we are going and as as we have been discussing there are many sources of electromagnetic radiation both natural as well as man-made and it is said that man-made EMF, as we uh, you just you know briefly mentioned, is dangerous because of now again this is just a hypothesis that I read in the paper Nature that was published you know about the polarizing effect of the mm -hmm. man-made electromagnetic spectrum and that uh, it is polarizing the biological activity of uh, that is the, at the root of the concern. So. That brings another important question is that why are man-made electromagnetic uh, fields or electromagnetic radiation polarized and why we were not able to develop the electromagnetic spectrum just like a natural one where we don't have to worry about the polarization effect. So that is something we should understand that why did we create a man-made spectrum that is not just similar to the natural spectrum. Well, the natural spectrum, speaking of sunlight, can be more dangerous than uh, a lot of the man-made radiation by cell phones, okay? Um, the, we are exposed to sunlight all the time, but unless you're staying under the sun for hours, uh, the worst thing that can happen is you get a skin burn, right? Um, we don't have any radiation from man-made sources that's really polarizing, meaning to break up the molecules in our system. Uh, X-rays do that, much, much higher frequencies, okay? And that's why they're dangerous. But so far, our experience with uh, millimeter waves anyway, and uh, all the tests that have been done, um, it is not uh, very worrisome. Okay, I mean, everything can be very worrisome. If I drink 10 glasses of water every hour, something's gonna go wrong with me, okay? Yeah. Not to mention if I drink 10 glasses of beer or whiskey and so on. But so far, we don't have any real evidence yes. that this, that spectrum of electromagnetic waves we use for uh, wireless communications is damaging. Yes. 
doing some very serious studies. It's not, you know, they have not done superficial studies. Yes. Yes, very true. Now, I, I hear you on that, that we do need to have proper structure studies and analysis so that we know what we are doing and why we are doing certain way and whether we need to take a step back and reevaluate our strategy. Because based on the paper that I read in Nature, it says that uh, this man-made electromagnetic spectrum is polarizing and it has an ability to produce constructive interference effects and amplify their intensities at many locations. So as we roll out 5G at you know, all the residential areas and commercial areas, that depending on where the tower is and depending on the ecosystem around it, that it could you know, create that amplification of the intensity abruptly. And then ability, it, it also has an ability to force all charged polar molecules and especially the free ions within and around all living cells to mm -hmm. operate on parallel planes and in phase with the applied polarized field. So this it seems that we do need to, if, if this is true, again, this is a hypothesis, we haven't done any structure studies, but if this is true, we, we don't need to create, we do need to have some studies based on this that uh, we need to understand why it results in the irregular gating and consequent disruption of the cell electrochemical balance because once the cell's electrochemical balance is disrupted, it can create a lot more physiological and evolutionary uh, challenges for human ecosystem, all the living beings in the human ecosystem. So this is certainly, you know, this paper certainly uh, triggers a need for research on this part that what happens at the cellular level, what are the changes happening at cellular level, even though our human skin barrier acts as a you know a buffer or a sponge and it uh, captures almost 90 percent of the uh, em electromagnetic radiation but we still need to understand what happens at the cellular level so that we are prepared of what traits we will develop as we go forward or you know whether there is going to be any evolutionary uh, impact or significance uh, based on a long-term usage of uh, this electromagnetic electromagnetic field i have not read that uh, article, and um, uh, if you would be kind enough and send me the citation, I will. But in terms of have uh, any effects, we also are talking about the intensity of the power radiated. Okay, and as I mentioned, that intensity falls off as one over the distance squared. Uh, so if it's high intensity source on top of your skin, yeah, there may be some issues. Yes. How um, I need to look at that paper and I look at the, you know, if they have done any experiments. And um, and I need to mention to you that I'm now 77 and I have not been really uh, doing very active research on the subject other than what I have read. So I would love to read that paper, please. Yes, I will send it to you with all my research. So you, I'll Thank be happy. You with you. And now, I would love to keep interacting with you until we solve this problem. <laughs> yes, that is what my goal is that, you know, you are 77, like you said, but you have the world of experience. And based on what I've heard from Dr. Razi about you, that you have such an in-depth, you know, understanding of this field. So who better than you who can lead this effort? to understand what happens, you know, because you have such a deep understanding of this field. So I'll be, ha I will share with you as soon as I can after the uh, discussion is over. And then we can continue uh, discussing, you know, what we should do, because this is certainly a trigger mechanism. And we do need to understand. Now, there is also another effect that, you know, when we see a lot of epidemics happening, pandemics happening, there are some humans 
who don't get impacted they don't get infection they yes. just yes. that but yes. you know you see in a community there are a lot of other people who succumb yes. to those infections a lot of them you know die so there yes. is what is it that even i mean there is going need for study on two levels one is you know to understand the polarizing effect and also another that why some human beings they are not impacted even by you know any kind of biological warfare or any or any kind of electromagnetic spectrum so if you look at the current reports right now there are you know lot of reports in lot of fear panic you know all across nation about 5g and its impact and you will see people say that in one community there are so many cancer cases now if you see that community may be made up of you know several thousand people but you will see about uh, 10 15 you know cases of cancer so now how can we effectively correlate that you know it is because of this because if it is was it was impacting everybody then you know it would every, everybody would have you know developed cancer but it doesn't happen so something is playing a role even in human physiology human body human immunity why you know not everybody gets impacted so there are there is a need for studies on two levels that way we'll be able to come up with effective answers that why is this happen in certain way but if we see that exposure to electromagnetic field is not a new phenomenon it i mean since the invention of electricity from the 20th century uh, we have been exposed to man made electromagnetic field mm-hmm. and it's steadily increasing as growing electricity demand and all this technology transformation of the cyberspace and digital technologies and you know our changes in social behavior because we all now you know love smartphones and all kinds of devices that operates on wifi and uh, uh, mobility is becoming very common so this has created you know the need for more artificial man made sources so while everybody is exposed to a complex mix of these weak electric and magnetic fields both at home and at work so what is it i mean as we just discussed that there is a need for understanding how the man made emfs react at cellular level and why we are resistant to the effect and why you know some are not so from your understanding have you seen any study where any research has been done that why some individuals succumb to you know electromagnetic spectrum and some you know are resi- most of them are resistant do we understand that because the the reason i am so curious and eager to understand is that as we move forward and there in our you know journey on our solar journey we as we are moving towards the space age and we may you know make homes on many other planets where there could be much higher level of electromagnetic radiation and uh, we may have to as a human species we may have to get used to different levels of radiation not just on you know planet earth but you know many other planets where we try to make our habitat so we need to understand what is it at the root cause that makes us more resistant to the you know effect of electromagnetic radiation because if we understand that then we can understand it will be much easier for us to go on our solar journey and try to explore the universe and beyond yes now i agree with you uh, you know we need more studies and more understanding but i also need to understand that evolution has given us this wonderful uh let's call it shield to many uh sources of potential illnesses and so on of course there are the exceptions and cancers happen and uh you know sometimes you don't understand why 
Um, so uh, I think evolution has given us a lot of, uh, let's call it strength of protecting ourselves from, let's say, the sun. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, maybe you have nuclear explosions, but that's, you know, ionizing radiation. You know, that's, um, uh, the, 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 there are issues where, let's say, a long time ago, there are studies on power lines, okay? Those wavelengths are huge, okay? 60 hertz, the wavelength is a few million meters. So if I believe, if we believe in the so-called equation of the skin depth, how far does a wave penetrate into a material, then that wave should penetrate throughout your body. I'm talking about power lines, okay? But on the other hand, we don't see that much effect on human beings who live near power lines. Um, so still a lot of things I agree with you to really understand. But in the past, we, there were many studies on power lines. You know, there were alarming articles if you, if you live near or under, you know, there were leukemia stories and so on. I, that was decades ago, okay? Um, but we still see people buying homes under power lines, near power lines, and the incidence of cancer is essentially minimal, at least that can be attributed to that kind of electromagnetic radiation, which should be more dangerous in my view than uh, the cell phone frequencies. Yes, that is very true. Yeah. Anyway, so that's a comment I wanted to make. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, those are the different variables we need to evaluate and understand that because, uh, the, like you said, power lines have always been there. Now, this yeah. is a different dynamics because we will, 5G brings us a different dynamic in the sense that we, we will need to put those antennas yeah. at, you know, much closer to the human, right. you know, existence. So we will have near our homes, near our workplaces, and we will have seen a lot of antennas. So that is where, you know, the lot of fear is that it will create a much bigger, you know, EMP spectrum and uh, the impact will be more because frequent, it seems that frequency determines the 5G speed and power and all the radio waves will travel at the sp speed of light. And But not all the waves will react with the environment in the same way or behave the same way as the other waves. So it's very important yeah. that we understand <clears throat> the environment because it's not only about the 5G or the electromagnetic spectrum or what band we are using. We have to understand what is there in the location where that antenna is. And we need to understand what is even the physiology. I mean, these are so many different variables we have to evaluate. 5G is just one aspect. Polarizing is, in fact, you know, is another. The third is that, you know, human physiology and also the human ecosystem. So there are so many different variables we need to understand to have a collective understanding of what plays a role and why things happen the way it happens. So it's the wavelength of a particular frequency it seems that is used by a 5G tower that directly impacts the speed and distance of its transmission. So I was I did a lot of uh, study on this and I it seems that each and service provider or each entity uses the different band of the you know electromagnetic band for the 5G. So no no single band is used universally. So what is the 
is should i mean is should there be any criteria of what band should be used or what which band should not be used i mean should there be some guidelines about it because we until we understand how each band reacts with the human environment we have to be very careful about which bands we should be using which we should not be using or at least collect the data of different bands so is there any organization that is collecting the data of which bands are in use and which bands are wherever they are used what kinds of data that is emerging so that we can have a proper scientific study of what bands are behind you know what kind of uh, uh, consequences that we are seeing or reactions we are seeing in human well we don't have at least you know as far as i know i have not re- read any reports which separate as you suggest the various bands of frequencies and their impact on human beings in terms of illness uh, i don't think I, i haven't seen a, method, a you know a very methodological study on this so that's maybe something important for some uh universities or research laboratories to focus on but then of course you know you have to have a a large number of samples of human beings who are under the studies uh who do use let's say 5G or 4G on a daily basis and then compare uh the outcomes statistically uh and then you have to do some other studies like okay uh we're studying a thousand human beings and i i think that two got cancer because they use they're exposed to 5g um from these thousand people uh how many other cancers came about and from what you know i would worry more about the chemical uh effect on the human being rather than the electromagnetic unless we're talking about x-rays okay or nuclear explosions and so on uh but still thanks to you i started thinking about this problem again because honestly i you know i said okay this colleague has done this study and hasn't found anything but that that doesn't mean we should stop the research uh a little bit more seriously and more methodologically yes that is what That we is what scattered, we have scattered reports yes. here and there but yes. um I have not seen let's say I have not seen a conference on this kind of issues where yes. you have scientists engineers antenna designers you know 5G 4G people interact on uh human health issues yes and we need one you are absolutely right there should be a conference so we can have a collective thought leadership because right now as you said you know we have so many uh, different you know studies coming but they are all in silos you know looking at one thing and we do need to look at all this collectively because the human physiology itself has so many different variables that impacts you know its uh, health so we need to focus more on what keeps the human body healthy rather and because that will also play a very important role right now there is you know most of the humans we are not healthy there are something yeah. or the other some kind of you know everybody has some di- chronic diseases even from a very young age so if the yeah. body is diseased then you know maybe that you know it will have more impact of all this uh, uh, man made uh, electromagnetic spectrum if the body is healthy maybe it won't but what what are those variables there is a need for that study and i was reading yeah. the report from world health organization 
that it has designated radio frequency radiation as a 2B carcinogen. Now, that would, you know, then, you know, the, a lot of people would say that in spite of that report, why do we have the rollout of the, you know, millimeter waves uh, based, you know, these uh, uh, different uh, applications? And uh, why are we not thinking of uh, the impact of the, this to be a carcinogen as a DNA single double standard break because it leads to cancer and there is also supposedly oxidative damage, then disruption to cell metabolism, or it increases the blood brain barrier and permeability. So, there are a lot of uh, you know variables that the World Health Organization has evaluated. So, should all that be taken into consideration and be? I think maybe a conference would be a great place to start to have all these different pieces and all these different study uh, evaluate you know, collectively so that we can have some sort of sensible answer to where we are going and what is the root cause of the problem. Maybe the root cause of the problem, it may turn out it's not uh, the man-made radiation. Maybe it will turn out it's the polarizing effect of the radiation, but we do need that study. So uh, do we... In your assessment, have you seen any study like that that has done collective, um, you know, approach to all these different uh, toxicity to not only humans but the human ecosystem and uh, evaluate? No, I have not. I have not. And you know, I'm I'm guilty in the sense that I have not focused on these issues. Okay. Right. So I I don't have the knowledge to answer you, let's say correctly. I have not seen other than a few reports here and there scattered, like, you know, I mentioned a publication earlier. Uh, and I'm actually more focused in a totally different subject these days. And it has to do with uh, what I call uh, mind resonance. The electromagnetic waves we radiate continuously from our body and our brain. And uh, so it's more of a actual science from a brain emulation point of view, but also there is a philosophy and so on and so forth. And I keep teasing people, um, you know, um, what, I, what I mean by mind resonance is just like everything else that has a resonance. Uh, we humans, I believe, resonate with some humans and not with most humans. And I don't mean by, you know, by looking at them, but also, you know, I, I tease people, if you thought of somebody, why don't you call them and ask them if they thought of you at that time? Okay, that's what I mean by mind resonance. And I, I, and, I, and, I and I keep teasing people, okay, when I was a young man, I would walk down the street and I see this beautiful girl in Athens, Greece, and I would follow her to see if she would talk to me. And, and what was it that attracted me? I said, okay, it's the scattering of light from her face, and therefore that's a resonance that matched with me, those frequencies, okay? But then I would hear her voice and I would be turned off. There was no sound resonance, okay? And then there's the chemical resonance, the, the scent, okay? Yeah. These are the things I'm studying these days, okay? 
I can afford to do it because I don't do it for a living. Okay. So. <laughs> no, but that's that's an excellent topic to work on. I, I I see why you are interested in it because at the end of the day, it's all over. These are all brain waves, right? I mean, if you yeah. are seeing, uh, so if you are looking at someone, maybe the brain waves resonate. But then you know that, like you said, that uh, when they talk and when you see the chemistry, there are the, then you know it doesn't resonate that way. So there are. All maybe the waves in the brain to you know other waves. There, what is it that makes two people, uh, you know, drawn to each other? That would be a fascinating study. So uh, I would love to know your results once you are done. <laughs> that would be a really interesting topic to discuss. Uh, that would be at the root of you know why we like certain people, why we don't like certain people, you know, why we like you know other people, and if we can figure out what wavelengths or what waves play a role. Then you know we can uh, solve so many social problems that we see across nations facing humanity, because uh, right. It's, now, it's amazing the research that's been going on on the brain. Yes. You know, and also from an artificial intelligence point of view, yeah. but uh, I have a project which involves five universities internationally on brain emulation, and there we're studying everything from Alzheimer's and how to help people with dementia. And of course, other illnesses, but also how to bring technology into the uh, subject. For example, the question came from an electrical engineer. Like we have what we call Moore's law, meaning that we are reaching the limit how small we can make circuits. And this professor asked the question, look, I can put all the computers in the United States together. They will spend millions of watts in power. And they are not equivalent to one brain which spends less than 40 watts. Okay? And then you look at the brain and you have the, 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 the neurons in the brain are larger in number than everything in our galaxy. And if I believe what I've read, and I'm still studying it, is that the interconnections in our brain of all the neurons, that number is larger than all the particles in the universe. This comes from physicists, okay? Sometimes we have amazing things to understand. And of course, one is 5G and 4G and all these things. Yes. How do they affect us, okay? How do they affect our brain, yes. right? I'm using the cell phone and it's on my ear, let's say, and I don't know how it affects my brain. It's a far out thought, but, you know, we have, I agree with you, have the more substantive worries. Does it cause cancer? or what other illnesses, okay? And there are also the crazy things like our kids today, they're so hooked on the internet and so on, okay? Uh, it, it's, a, it's a disease because I have young friends, people I know, professors and so on, who are 30 years younger, they have young kids. They have a problem because the kids are just hooked being on the internet with their friends and play games and so on. One told me that they found his son, who is now 12, awake at four o'clock in the morning on the computer. So, do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. have a, a lot of wonderful issues to study and worry about. But coming back to your thesis, yes, I agree with you, you have to have a more thorough understanding how does the electromagnetic spectrum at different frequencies, let's say, affect our behavior, but especially our health? Yes. 
very Yes, and I hear you. What you are doing is fascinating because all those questions we do need to understand because as we develop, as we go further on artificial intelligence journey, then we will be able to have a very collective understanding of how to, you know, what is happening between not just human to human, but also between human uh, machines, matter and mother yeah. nature. Because yes. everything is connected. So yes. as we understand quantum mechanics, quantum physics more, we will get a better understanding, you know, how all this is connected, interrelated, and how all this, you know, plays a role in understanding our, you know, entire universe. So there is a there are a lot of fascinating, you know, questions that are out Absolutely. there. I cannot sleep sometimes because I think about all these things. Yes. <laughs> Uh, part of my project on brain emulation, we have Bangalore Institute of Science in artificial intelligence, and we have a meeting all five universities in India, in New Delhi. So okay. I'll be there for a week, listening yeah. to brilliant people and enjoying the place. <laughs> yes, it's a beautiful place. Please send me whatever you feel I need to read. Absolutely. Absolutely. But before we uh, conclude our discussion, what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners as to their safety about these electromagnetic fields based on what we know currently? I mean, there are a lot of questions as we discussed. There are a lot of uh, studies that needs to be done. But based on what we know on the studies, what would you tell them? Because there is a lot of fear and panic, you know, in the world. Mm -hmm. Well, basically, I, you know, the theme is, let's say, 5G. At this time, from everything I am familiar with, let's say government reports and so on, we should have no immediate fear. But at the same time, uh, not only for 5G, but for the entire electromagnetic spectrum, we need to have some more research done by experts. And when I say by experts, I mean a team of people, because a lot of the research is done in isolated you know, individuals, faculty, with students, a certain specialty and so on. But what I think would be very beneficial is to have experts from different areas, uh, let's say uh, basic physics, electro, uh, electrical engineering, artificial intelligence, whatever we need to put together a team to study this more deeply. Um, you mentioned, you know, the polarizing effects of, of electromagnetic radiation. We need to understand that more deeply. And by that, I don't mean just theoretical studies, but experimental ones. Um, so uh, that's what I would suggest. Yes, no, wonderful. You're absolutely right about that. So thank you so much, Dr. Aloxopoulos, for participating in this roundup today. We appreciate Thank you. We appreciate your thoughtful insight on electromagnetic fields and health risk and helping us raise awareness of this critical topic. So we thank you so much for that. Thank you for having me. And I learned a lot. Thank you. You take thank care you. of yourself. Thank you. I learned a lot as well. So Risk Roundup, a global initiative launched by Risk Group, is a security risk reporting for risk emerging from existing and emerging technologies, technology convergence, and transformation happening across cyberspace, aquaspace, geospace, and space. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace, they walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict. 
and it is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts feed into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secured for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security. So if we build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risk together. For more information on the risk roundups, to watch the risk roundup videos or hear the risk roundup podcast, visit riskofpolicy.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jay Shri, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.